Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about champion mods. They've been in the game since Shadowkeep, and I've been thinking of a lot of ways they could take this further and make them better. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now. Say no to rage.com. We'll bring you to my Twitch channel. You can take part in these discussions live. These podcasts and videos always hit YouTube and the podcast feeds when I'm streaming, so you can come in and hang out with us. If you're on YouTube, leave it a comment, hit like, share, subscribe, hit the little bell button. That all helps me out so champion mods came to the game with the artifact in you know shadow keep that's kind of when they showed up and they've been a way to sort of add another layer to the combat add more things for you to think about and to do and people largely i think have responded well but now we're sort of getting a little bit tired of the influence of them over what you can run what you can or can't run in certain activities if you want to actually interact with the champions so I wanted to talk about ways I feel like they could really evolve these. I want to start out by saying it's a good start. I want to outline why I think it's a good start. There are people that don't like the champion mods or the champions. I think they're actually really good. I think it's a good start. But I think we should open them up. That'll be the second part of the video. Open them up and then at the end add more. Before I even get into the video though, I do want to say out of the gate, Exotics should be able to equip them. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's going to dispute that I should be able to run, you know, Huckleberry or something and throw on an SMG champion mod. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a quality of life update later this year, maybe even in September, where they say, okay, listen, we want you to be able to use exotic primaries at the very least with these things. So, but why is it a good start? I really think it's a solid way to spice up PvP combat and weapons, creating pain in the game that you can then mitigate and address with your loadout you know you go into an activity and you know okay there's going to be an unstoppable ogre in here no problem i've been running my dire promise with unstoppable and so i go into the content and i'm ready to go it also makes me really enjoy you know switching around different weapons in different places I, I like that feeling of oh i need to equip this i need to figure this out i think unstoppable is probably the best version of the champions and the champion mod mechanic because i do something specific with the weapon to proc unstoppable and then you know stunning the enemy he's really aggressive and strong if i don't do it i think he's the best mix i think anti-barrier is really frustrating to play against you have to commit you have to commit a lot of damage and a lot to the lane and they can still shoot while they're they're unshootable and they're healing and then they just sort of spam your face. I think they need to take away their ability to shoot and that would make anti-barriers a lot more tolerable because to take down the shield, there's like a damage over time thing you have to do, which is why most people either use Div- Divinity and then just Izanagi's their face off so they die really fast or they use Ariana's Vow because it's like two or three shots, which makes... It means you don't have to sit there and, like, hold the button down. Unfortunately for SMG, sidearms, and auto rifles, you have to maintain line of sight for so long, a lot of the times you end up getting completely melted by the enemy. So I think anti-barriers are probably the worst. Overload's not bad until you deal with the overload captains because, again, you have to do sustained damage to stun them, and they're teleporting all over the place, so people sort of lean on divinity. However, we just heard from Paul Tassi that if you run overload with time payload, it's like an insta-stun on anybody that's overload. That might be a good thing to pivot to the Seraph uh, revolver. I actually really like it. 
you're able to run that on there, maybe get a little bit better stun. So it adds some variety to the combat. Right now, this many years into the franchise, we're accustomed to, you know, the majors, the minors, the ads, the trash ads, the mini bosses, the bosses, the the weapons that are at our disposal, how to really manage everything. And suddenly somebody's showing up that's really hard to kill unless you satisfy a mechanic. I like that idea. It's sort of like taking the idea of a raid boss and shrinking it down into a little bite-sized morsel and saying, this guy's going to give you a lot of trouble if you don't satisfy this mechanic. I think the champions themselves could use a little tweaking, but I think overall, it's a great idea and a good start. Now, open them up is where I want to go next. This is where I think it's becoming less enjoyable for people. Number one, when I go into content and there's multiple different types of champions and I have to feel like I have to switch my weapons around or lean on my teammates, that can be, I think, more frustrating than it's worth. I would say I really liked Paul Tassi's idea of being able to toggle between champion mods. If I could hold down the X button the way you do on hard light and I could toggle between unstoppable and overload, that would be really nice. That would be another layer of the combat changing and then I adapt to that on the fly, creating some new experience that we've never really had before because I'm toggling between the two. That would create, I think more reason for them to put more champions in the content. You could have unstoppables and overloads together. You could have anti-barriers and unstoppables and overloads together because you could be running you know, items that can run both. You know, Here's anti-barrier and overload on an SMG. Being able to toggle between those two I think would be a great change to make it not so frustrating especially when you're running content and you know, you're running the public event and you have no idea what's going to show up at the end and so you're just sort of like going into your menu and switching. Well then everybody just you know, bakes the boss anyway so you don't even engage with the mechanic. I would say right now, champions, if it's not an unstoppable or an overload, and even the overload, yeah, an overload, the anti-barriers, people just sort of bypass it and bake them. And I think that adds a lot of frustration where you're not even really engaging with the mechanic. And if you if you sort of mistime it, you waste a lot of ammo on them. And so if you try to do it the right way, you feel kind of pigeonholed and Ariana's Val is one of the better, you know, better builds to do it. And then if you don't run that, then you kind of feel like you have to bypass it with Divinity and Izanagi's, which people are still doing that. We were doing it during the Warden of Nothing grind last week. As I said in the outset, exotics also should be able to run these. I think exotics are just getting absolutely shelved again. Being able to run you know, on Thorn. I mean, Thorn actually is pretty nice in PvE content. Being able to run Unstoppable and Overload on Thorn would feel really, really good. Uh, When SMGs were kind of king the one season with their champion mods, everybody's running Recluse. It would have been nice to be able to run the Huckleberry, you know, and and throw a mod on there. I think that would have been a really, really good choice. And then non-primaries getting some love, I think is a great decision as well. Right now, swords can run overload. Uh, and that's a that's a nice change. I would love to see them expand this beyond the primaries and not just have it, you know, pigeonholed into them only because there's a lot of weapons uh, in the game right now that I think would be really, really good. Now, the other thing you could consider doing, we threw this idea out the other day, is that Just make it a passive that doesn't need to be equipped. So when you unlock Unstoppable or Overload for hand cannons, it's just a passive that's on your artifact. So that way I can run the mod that I want on my hand cannon. If I want to run, you know, Targeting Adjuster or Minor Spec, that's fine. Overload and Anti-Barrier or Overload and Unstoppable are just unlocked 
passively for the season on the artifact. Now, you could still give me the choice to toggle between the two by holding down reload, but that would be another way, I think, to make the mods not so disruptive. Uh, Lastly, when I say add more. Some people have not liked this idea, but I like the idea of uh, taking underutilized weapons and giving them really valuable utility in the game. And I want to talk about snipers. Snipers right now don't really seem to have any legs in PvE. People got really mad about the sniper nerf, but for the most part, people were only running Izanagis, and then they were also running... Um, they would run Anarchy and then they would run, you know, like a primary or secondary sniper. So you'd put the two Anarchy or three Anarchy shots down to get the damage over time and then switch to your sniper. In general, that was a very, you know, narrow use of snipers. If suddenly there were new champions called Armored Champions and snipers could get armor, uh, you know, an armor-busting champion mod. So you'd have to target, do something similar to Unstoppable. You'd have to hold and by holding, all of a sudden they would highlight something red. And if you shot that red spot, all the armor would bust off and then they'd be very vulnerable and then they would die really really fast that would be another way to say hey snipers how now now have a unique purpose in end game content you could do something similar with fusion rifles you could have a fusion rifle if you charge up the shot it could do the armor busting right it could be maybe a little bit more generic but then the risk would be you'd have to get close by fusion rifles and snipers and even linear fusions just don't get a lot of attention and that'd be a way to give them some end game viability and purpose because these you know if these champions show up and this is the only way to knock their armor off that would be a great way for Bungie to select Collectively give purpose to items that are very underutilized. Suddenly your sniper and your fusion or your linear fusion feel awesome because they're bringing some utility to the game. Also, you could just add intrinsic to some of the exotics. There's a lot of exotics that could work well for intrinsic. You know, you have overload on the divinity. You could add anti-barrier to the Prometheus lens. You could add uh, overload, or I'm sorry, unstoppable to the cold heart. You know, there are some items in exotics I think that could do very well with intrinsic you know, champion perks getting thrown in there. If you don't do the mod slot, you could just sort of add some intrinsic. It seemed like they were experimenting like like that with the symmetry that was like there and then it wasn't. They kind of took it away. If the ones we have now become standard, like a lot of the mods we have right now in primaries just kind of become standard, and then they leave room for new ones to drop in future seasons, so like anytime you need a primary champion mod, they should just kind of be there, and then Bungie starts to add more to snipers, to fusions, or to heavies, you know, like they did with the sword, that'd be a great way, I think, again, to just add layers to the combat that have never been there. We've been doing this style of combat for a really long time. I think champions are a really good way to add pain that's not just a negative modifier or a delta. I really want Bungie to lean on this as opposed to 12 negative modifiers and a 30 power delta and that just doesn't, that's not exciting to me I like when there's mitigatable pain with strategy and loadout decisions I think that's why champions bring good things to this game as always we're going to go to Q&A next if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube you can probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com as always please like, share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my champion mod discussion video. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. I'm almost always live when these hit the feeds. Say no to rage.com will bring you right to my Twitch channel. You can join these conversations live. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, and the bell button helps me out. Also, if you like the podcast episode style and format, you can find this as a podcast everywhere. Just look for SNTR Presents. So, first question coming in from the dog. I'm not sure what that says. 
do you think the bunkers will be the same as sundial the last couple of weeks they will want us to donate our war mine bits we had that question on the rageous round table and i honestly don't know i'm not actually sure if they're gonna suddenly have like a hey here's here's a place to spend all your war mine bits i know that guardian games as far as i can tell there's like moat banking stations in the tower for your three uh titan warlock and hunter there's like moat banking stations but it seems like we're going to be running in the verdant forest for that. So I honestly don't know if we're suddenly going to be taking our war mine bits and doing something else with them. It it would seem that you're going to suddenly have a surplus. I mean, I've been spending a junk ton of the blue ones. Those are the what are those called? The encrypted ones. I've been spending those. Yeah, the encrypted war mine bits. I've been spending those grinding for the Seraph hand cannon, the Seraph machine gun. And that's been relatively easily because those are just like bounties that you can run in the Lost Sector and get, you know, five at a time. So you can spend them at bunkers, level them up. Well, I, I think he knows that. What I think he's saying is, is like once you're done with that, what are you going to be doing with the Warmind bits? I don't think he's in the dark about that. He's saying, you know, the last couple of weeks, will there be some new thing for us to do with them? I have no, I have nothing else to do at my bunkers. I have no other levels to level up, and I'm sitting on 2,000 Warmind bits. What am I? What am I doing with those? Right. So, if it functions the way that they did with the bunkers, they could have another purpose for those Warmind bits. Silent Death. Did you see Glad's tweet regarding how he feels content's dry at the moment? And do you agree, or do you feel like we got what we paid for as $10 DLC this season? I mean, that's kind of par for the course for Glad. He, he said similar things in January during Season of Dawn. He gets about a month in. Chevy's a very similar pace. They get about a month in. They're like, yeah, okay, I got nothing. You know, what am I going to do? I don't know if Grandmaster's going to intrigue them. That's on the 21st. So that may bring them back because there's a power delta. There's 12 negative modifiers. There are, you know, triumphs and titles. I don't necessarily ever want to use them as a measure for content substance because those guys play in a very non-normative way. Not only... So at a ground level, they play a ton of hours. At another ground level, they're high-skilled. And then, above all of that, they also just play in a really non-normative way. They do low-man challenges, they do speed runs. Um, so, I don't expect them to go the distance with seasonal content. It, it's, it's In some respects, it's not really even built for them. And listen, they conceded this on the Rageous Roundtable. I don't think when they say it's dry, I'm bored, I'm taking a break. I don't think they're saying, Destiny sucks, why are they doing this? This is terrible. I think they're just saying, yeah, I'm kind of out of stuff to do, I'm going to do other things. They're just kind of like letting their audience know, I'm going to mix it up a bit. They both admitted on the Rageous Roundtable after quarters of time, they were like, you really can't make content for us. If you make $10 seasonal content and you make a portion of it for Glad and Chevy, that's a portion of the season that most people aren't even going to touch. You know, 99% of the community is never going to touch whatever you design for them. And so they, I think they understand they're, you know, they're, they're sort of outside the bell curve. That's fine if they're not really on topic Valiant. I mean, there's only so many questions you can ask about champion mods. I'll, I'll, I'll filter on my own if I, if I feel I need to. So... I uh, I don't necessarily disagree with him, but I also don't agree with him either. I'm just kind of like, yeah, 
that's kind of par for the course for really hard, hardcore high level PVE players to be kind of like, yeah, I'm about a month in, I'm kind of done. You know, three or four weeks in, yeah, it's, it's, I've kind of seen and heard it all, you know? So, I wouldn't expect that to change anytime soon. Something similar will likely happen in the summer. Chevy and Glad will get three or four weeks in, they'll kind of hit a wall, they'll kind of be burned out, they put in long hours. You know, they really, really tip the scales against themselves, I think, because they also spend the first, they spend the first 48 to 72 hours never shutting the stream down, never stopping playing. And I just think you're, you are really tipping the scales against yourself when you do that. You're not going to, this content's not going to last. You know, you're, you're hitting in three days what some players will take three weeks to hit. I mean, you're literally jamming a mediocre, more mid-lane player's play session. You're jamming three weeks or two weeks into like a couple of days. And I think that really, really hurts pacing for them. But at the same time, they're not going to not do that. It's in their nature. You know, they're streamers. They want to do the things first. They want to level the things first. They want to test the weapons. They want to do all that first. Uh, it, It makes sense. It really, really does. It's... It's the same reason why on Friday afternoon when Trials hits, all the really, really stacked teams, they picked Ferocity because they want to see if they can get to the Lighthouse before everybody else. That's just sort of part of... That's just part of the... The the mindset of a streamer that's going to engage with the content a little bit differently than everybody else, you know? You're not going to want to jump in and do Ferocity at, at, at reset on Friday, maybe, because you're like, number one, I don't get in Mercy. Number two, I can't be bothered with trying to get there first. Number three, that's one of the hardest times to play. Now, if you wait about 30 minutes and you play on Friday about 30 minutes after reset, 45 minutes after reset, it thins out, right? It thins out, so... Aaron Kill. I don't know what to expect from champions and mods because Bungie never says a word about them, not even in regards to exotics. Would you explain their silence? Well, there's always a danger of them speaking up right now and saying anything about it. They're collecting our feedback and they're also checking the numbers. They're checking internally what are folks doing, how are they interacting with the champion mods. I don't know if they've ever specifically said anything about exotics other than, hey, thank you for your feedback. I believe they've said that. Um, I believe they have said, you know, we, we've accepted your feedback. We've heard your feedback on exotics. I think they have actually responded uh, to that on Reddit, maybe. Um, but this is going to harken back to kind of a, I, I get on a little bit of a soapbox about this, where Bungie set the trajectory for this year, and they're not going to change that trajectory in the middle of the year. So an example I would give you is, Post Forsaken and during Black Armory, it became apparent that leveling was not working right. And instead of Bungie like making a midstream change, like, okay, so during Drifter, leveling is going to be totally different. No, what do they do? They added surge bounties. They're like, okay, we, we'll address this later, but for now, we just have to kind of like, we got to put a band-aid on this, okay? So th- they set the trajectory for the year, and all the teams have kind of already built their seasons. So whatever is coming in the summer will likely have a lot of these themes there'll be an artifact there'll be champion mods champion mods are not going to suddenly be equipable on exotics that's not going to suddenly open up um bounties will probably be very very prevalent bounties will be one of the more primary sources for leveling primary sources for leveling up the artifact they're not going to change that mid-season you're going to see a restructuring of those things inside of probably september that's what i would anticipate I would, I would, I would say 
that we should always expect that. And that's where I think people really miss the mark here, where they're like, the game just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, okay, hang on, let me pump the brakes here. If you're going to call me a bungee shill, so be it. But they made a lot of improvements in Shadowkeep for this year that have made things way better than last year. You can't, you can't overlook that, all right? There's new perks. There's tons of loadout diversity. Armor 2.0. Leveling is better. They've raised the soft cap. Leveling's more linear. The artifact brings, you know, automatic leveling as long as you're playing. It's a nice cushion. So if you have a couple of bad weeks, according to RNG, it's okay. You're still leveling. You're still, you're still moving up your, you know, your power threshold. And, and they brought a bunch of bounties to the game. There weren't, there weren't really hardly any bounties or reasons to run bounties last year. Okay. Everybody forgets that. All those quality points get ignored and all you see are the things that are like sticking out it's almost like every year they lay down new carpet and you're like ooh this carpet's nice and soft I like this this is better than last year's carpet but then all you do is you like get down on the ground and you're like okay hang on there's a nail sticking out there there's a nail sticking out there there's a nail sticking out there and you focus on those as opposed to being like the game is actually in a lot better state than it was last year you know everyone's like oh black armory was way better but during black armory people complained about that too they're like oh it's just a bounty grind all we're doing is grinding bounties the forges are all samey and repetitive i'm sick of going back to the tower and talking to ada and then we get in season of the worthy where instead of constantly boomeranging to ada you can just run an activity that's far more diverse than the forges the sundial was significantly better than the forges the grind for the loot was significantly better than grabbing bounties from ada all the time and people were like oh just black armory was better than this and it's just like I, I genuinely think people just really, really struggle to remember quality of life improvements. All they see are the nails sticking out. That's all they see. So, champion mods. Oh man, this is cool. This is new. This is different. This is a new way of engaging in combat. And then everybody's like, oh, I can't put them on exotics. I can't. This sucks. Oh, I have to use these weapons. This sucks. Instead of being like, what? Well, this is different. This is new. This is fresh. Warmind cells. I don't want to do warmind cells, dude. I don't want to have to do all that. I don't want to use those weapons. So they poo-poo it before even engaging with it. You know? Dude, Lono, it's the same thing every season. Every season, it's something new they complain about. Well, and... I think that's good and frustrating at the same time. What I said on the Rageous Roundtable the other night, because, like, Clintus sort of got on this on this rant and said that there's always people that are going to complain. If you make this guy happy, you're going to upset this guy. And if you flop it and you make the guy over here happy, you're going to make this guy upset. And he basically said, it's always like this. And I told him, I've just learned to love the boxing match. There's always somebody that wants to step into the ring and throw punches to be like, this needs to be better. This needs to be better. This needs to be better. And I think that's for the games. That's to the game's benefit. I know the complaining can sort of get old sometimes, but ultimately, that's kind of destiny. The stuff launches, people are hyped for a while, they enjoy it, they're excited, they're getting the new stuff, then they sort of start to complain, they sort of, you know, things rise to the surface that are problematic or frustrating or or maybe poorly designed, and then they complain about it, and then Bungie tries to fix it. The complaints are rooted in a passion and an affinity for the game. They're not bad enough for people to just completely stop playing altogether. If people aren't complaining about your game, they're disengaging. Precisely, that's another way of saying it. It's, the game can't be dead when the forums and Reddit light on fire every other week about a certain subject. That, <laughs> that's not a dead game at all. Man, your your sports team, the fan base just is just dead. What are you talking about? They light the city on fire whether we win or we lose. What do you mean? Like, that's the Destiny community. They light the forums and Reddit on fire like every other week there's something going on. 
that's generally I know it's exhausting but I've been doing this long enough to know like I just zoom out and I'm like eh, that's just passion baby that's just people that are still playing they're still invested and they want to see things just continue to get better I just think sometimes people need to be reminded hey all that stuff we said during the year of Forsaken a lot of that stuff got improved this year Shadowkeep brought a lot of quality of life improvements that we talked about during year two. While we talk about things during year three, they'll likely get improved in year four. Luke Smith's already set that trajectory. There's going to be less FOMO next year. There's going to be less adding things and taking them away. There's going to be less of a focus on bounty XP. They're going to try and distribute XP more evenly so you don't feel like you have to live in a lost sector. Those are all him saying great feedback during year three. We're going to look to change some of that in year four. And that should give you some comfort, even if you're upset. That should give you some comfort knowing that like, well, if I get fired up and a bunch of people get fired up, we can we can maybe have an impact on the game. We can get them to change some of these things. Leveling and infusion. We ranted about that for nine months and it all got made better. Now, that doesn't mean that Bungie plays to our fiddle like, oh, if we cry and whine enough, Bungie will make exotics rain from the sky. It's not quite that simple. It has to it has to jive with the player base and the identity of the game and also when they check the stats. I think Bungie checked the stats all last year and said, yeah, leveling is a significant problem. It's a hurdle, and we got to lower that hurdle. I think they need to lower it even more. I think they need to make it far more automatic than it is right now. I think they need to go to slot leveling, remove infusion, do all that. That all needs to be automatic. Like Arriving at max level should be something that just sort of happens for everybody automatically, and when you get there, the whole game should change. There should be all these new things that happen when you hit max level. Leveling isn't content. So, keep voicing your opinion. JD Gamer. Hey, Lono, with sunsetting happening to weapons... Do you think they should sunset the pinnacle weapons that people possibly grinded days on? I mean, if you're going to institute a standard, the, the, the real dilemma here would be you gain nothing if you don't sunset Recluse. You gain nothing if you don't sunset Wendigo. You're not actually doing anything other than allowing those things to just transcend all time again, and then what? what's Bungie supposed to do? Well, I suppose they could make something stronger than the Recluse and the Wendigo and some of these really strong things, but if you do that, then you're instituting power creep. So then they'd have to they'd have to adjust the entire game to say, okay, everything going forward needs to be a little bit harder because we just made all these weapons stronger than the previous pinnacles. That'd be like the only way to get you to put them down, you know? The day sunsetting disrespects my grind for my gear is the day I stop playing. Well, then put it on the calendar. You're going to stop playing in September of 2021 because that'll probably be the first time stuff gets sunset. Now that maybe not, maybe earlier, maybe earlier than that. You know, maybe December of this year, they're going to start sunsetting stuff. And if you're going to stop playing because you want to have every weapon available for you every every time, forever in all content, even in the end game, then you're asking them to kill their game. So I'd rather you leave and stop playing as opposed to them to slowly drown their game in loot. Like, I would much rather the game improve and you leave than for them to just shackle the game to an anchor and drag it under the ocean. Because that's what's going to happen if they just keep having to respect your grind for a midnight coup and an Ikelos shotgun. I, I, I genuinely would be totally okay with a portion of the community getting mad enough to stop playing. Because I got news for you, you'll come back. 
you'll come back you'll see some of the new weapons you'll see if Bungie can actually do what Luke Smith says they want to do and they make best in class legendaries they make best in slot legendaries because they know it's going to get sunset 12 months later you'll come back and you'll chase those dope weapons you won't be able to resist you've been playing the game for 5 years you think you're going to be able to resist that that would be just like saying I, they're, they're adding ingredients to this pizza I, I, don't, I don't want it I'm never eating here ever again you get hungry enough and you drive by and you smell that pizza, you're going to come inside. Like, there's no, you won't be able to resist it. Commander Tyke, how do you feel about putting champ mods on supers so that there is less restrictions? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to use my super on a champion, like one unstoppable ogre. I, I could see. It already has, isn't it on some of the grenades and melees? I don't think it needs to be on the supers. Who's doing that? I'm not doing that. I am not going to use tether or I, what would you even use? Because if you're going into hard end game content, you're probably going to be running tether well and bubble. So the only one that could potentially interact with champion mods would be the tether blade barrage. I can't see running Blade Barrage and truly challenging endgame content with champions around. And it's a champion you can team shot with your buds. Now, if there are champions everywhere, maybe. Golden Gun? Really? If you're running Goldie and endgame content, you're going to run Celestial and want to use it on the boss. I don't know. I don't think this is a big need. I really don't. I think champion mods are primarily meant to be something that goes on to weapons. They can evolve it there first. It doesn't really need to go on supers blues hey lono do you think bungie might end up to making titan and io patrol areas unaccessible like the two moons getting destroyed no i can't see them doing that i can't see them removing content from year one because people were not anticipating paying for that and having it leave people would get ticked steph should bungie add expand on the nightmare mods into nightfalls with it being the most pinnacle pve content at the moment with the 1060 nightfall on the way nightmare mods I mean, are you saying that they should put nightmares in the nightfalls so that then you could have the supreme nightmare stuff in there? Is that what you're saying, Steph? I don't know why they would do this. I mean, to suddenly inject nightmares into the nightfalls would feel a little out of left field. Um, a lot of people miss those mods. Well, you can still go get them. Run night. You can run the nightmare hunts right now. That's not locked in. That's not gone. Um... I uh, I want to take your idea and springboard off of it. What if there was enhanced unstoppable, enhanced overload, and enhanced anti-barrier that could be earned, unlocked, and then used so then I can pop shields faster, I can stun uh, unstoppable, the unstoppable round lights up the gun quicker, uh, overload happens quicker. I could see them doing that, like going going and saying, oh, there's there's enhanced champion mods Steph is talking about putting nightmares so you can get the orbs that allow you to do extra damage after killing them that's only against nightmares though Yeah, I don't necessarily think this is a need right now I like the nightmares make the same type of mods like you do more damage to shield oh oh oh, oh. okay so I understand now I don't even need to do that right now Steph they just introduced um they just introduced the Warmind cells that kind of do that for you. You can have them land on the ground and they take more damage, suppress, blind, explode, throw them, all that. I don't necessarily need... I don't. I get where you're coming from, 
add a mechanic to where the enemies get weaker once you pick that orb up. I like that. I like that in the nightmare hunts. There was a finessing that could come in a boss fight where you would get those first. I don't know. I could see them doing this, Steph, in the future when Luke Smith gets his way and says, hey, let's reinvigorate core activities. That could suddenly be a modifier or a mechanic. We've been saying to give us positive modifiers, right? That could be one of them, right? You could call it, I don't even know, uh, you could call it oppressive darkness, and they drop like oppressive darkness balls that you can throw, and then they take more damage, or you just absorb it, and now you you have oppressive darkness, or something like that. You see what I'm saying? Like That could be a modifier that just kind of happens if that week the nightfall rolls with it. I think we need half negative modifiers and half positive modifiers, and I think you're kind of on on that track with thinking like, I liked Unstable Essence. You kill a nightmare, you get it, you do more damage to nightmares, that helps with bosses, that helps with the, you know, the majors that are nightmares. McCheshire. Let's say champion mods become intrinsic on every weapon. Would you rather each weapon have the choice of all three or leave it to RNG? I would say every weapon should have two. Every primary should have two. So a hand cannon should have unstoppable and then probably overload. And then I should be able to toggle by holding down X. I think that'd be a great way to do it. Just look at the nightmare mods. There is one that lets you do more damage against nightfall champions shields. And do more damage with your super against Nightfall champions. Cause Oh, you, you, you're, you're meaning to say Nightmare Hunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, trust me. I know that, Steph. I was doing the time trials and Supreme Nightmare Banisher and Breaker and I forget the other one. Those are great. The way that we were doing the Triple Nova Bake was with that. You get Supreme and your super does a junk ton. You combine that with Oppressive Darkness and Unstable Essence and it was insane the kind of damage you could do. It was actually really fun. But again... I think what you're outlining is something that would be perfect for positive modifiers. That's a way to change combat, make us more powerful, and it's risk-reward. If I go up there and grab that orb, I'm going to suddenly get XYZ perks that last for so long that will increase the speed and efficiency and my finessing of this content. Instead of what we do now is everybody just sits in rifts and wells and bubbles and you just sit back. It's just such boring content. It's like, yeah, here's 12 negative modifiers and a 30-plus delta. Like, you're just going to hide the whole dadgum time. It's a snooze fest. It's truds. To alleviate the pain pony, the pain point of champion mods being interchangeable, could they be added to the perk pool for drops on certain weapons? Oh, I like where your head's at. I didn't think about... Oh, I like this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What if, though, what if the perk What if the perk table got bigger? You have all this space over here. So what if this one rolled with Drop Mag, Ambitious Assassin, and then Timed Payload, and then right here, I could pick between Unstoppable and Overload. Right? Or it rolls with Unstoppable and Anti-Barrier. And I'm really looking for Unstoppable Overload, right? That would be good. That'd be another layer of RNG on the roll. And then it would free this slot up. And then that's more weapon diversity. That's more weapon roll chasing. Now, you got to be careful. Because if you add too many factors, if if these bubbles go all the way down here, and there's multiple things that that could happen down in this section... 
you're going to have to increase generosity. Because it's going to take me forever to get the role I'm looking for. Oh, dude, I finally got a god roll, but it's the wrong champion mods. Ugh. Right? So I like where your head's at. My concern would be, you're going to make it near impossible to ever get the role that you want without a lot more generosity, a lot more targeted farming. Um, now, Bungie could start to say, okay, so think about what they did with the raids, right? They limited the perk pool in each lane. So right now, if you go to Light GG and you look at the possible perk pools on this weapon, for example, okay? So when I went to Light GG this morning and I went to the Seraph weapons, okay, and I went to this particular hand cannon, which is the officer revolver, there is one, two, three, four, five, six. I thought so. There is six potential perks in this role with timed payload, and there's six potential perks here with Ambitious Assassin. If they do Trud's idea, they could shrink it to four and get rid of the ones that nobody gives a crap about, like, I don't know, high impact reserves and pulse monitor. You know, you get rid of the ones that just aren't going to be that helpful. So the likelihood of getting the good or the god roll goes up. And then that's okay if you don't get the champion mods you need because they've increased the likelihood of you getting the role that you're looking for. Does that make sense? You limit... The perk pool doesn't need to be that deep. You shrink it a little bit. And when you shrink it a little bit, now you've earned a little bit of, you know, oh, we got more flexibility. We can add more variety back here. You know? That would that would give you... That would give them a little bit of flexibility. Like, they wouldn't suddenly feel like, oh my gosh, we have to be so generous because now it, there's there's, you know instead of there being a, a, a thousand amalgamations of this gun, there's now 10,000. And so the likelihood of you getting your drop mag, ambitious assassin, vorpal, and I need these champion mods, the odds of you getting the right role would just be absurd. But I, I really like this idea, Truds. I do. I think this is good. That would be an easy way for them to take something that we're already accustomed to and make gun rolls better and that would be a soft push that could be either one of I don't want this to be the only thing they do that could be one of the aspects of the weapons 2.0 shove to say you kind of want to use all these new weapons anyway they're better you know champion mods can drop on them and then you can you know I still I still really like the idea of having a weapon that can do both overload and anti-barrier and holding down X and switching that on the fly. I, I I really, really like that idea. I don't want to let go of that idea. I think that's so stellar. And Trud's idea pushes against that a little bit because it would be a perk that you'd have to go in and manually change. Maybe. Maybe we could take Trud's idea and the idea that, you know, Paul Tassik had and kind of combine it and say, well, when it rolls with Unstoppable and Anti-Barrier, that's a feature of that mod slot is it can be toggled on the fly by holding down X. That'll be like a new thing that they have. You know, you could you could say, "Here's your hand cannon." Yeah, you got a god roll. Awesome! It's got unstoppable and it's got overload, and you can toggle it on the fly by holding down X. You don't have to go in and do it on the bubble, especially for console players. This would be an addition to mods. It would literally be part of the roll. It would be part of the gun's roll. It would roll with those two. You know. Because there's four potential, isn't there? No, there's only three. Anti-barrier, unstoppable, and overload. Right now, there's only three. And it would always roll missing one. Spectre. How about armor mods where you could take less damage from certain champions? I 
this gets too specific okay so if you look at my build right now I spec this guy for trials and right now he's spec'd for a sniper build alright so this is my snipe this is my build for trials a thorn a beloved hammerhead and then this says tier 9 it's actually tier 10 because of there's like a traction has a, an invisible plus 10 we tested it so I'm a tier 10 mobility tier 5 resilience tier 10 recovery and then I got a 5-5 five, five on Discipline, Intellect, and then a 4 down here. It's actually a really, really... This is a really, really good build for Trials, okay? This is a really good build for Trials. Now, this all gets completely disrupted if I go into PvE. And it gets even more disrupted if I got to do what you're saying. If I'm like, oh, I'm going to run Anti-Barrier, and I hate Anti-Barrier champions. Let me run a mod that I'll take less damage from them. I feel like if you get way too specific with mods, it causes such an unnecessary disruption. Now, I will say this. I will say this. You could come here, and you know how you have minor resist, major resist, and boss resist? If they're cheap and you throw them in here, overload, anti-barrier, unstoppable, resist, and they're like one or two, I could get down with that. I could. I could be like, well, you know... I don't necessarily need pump action right now. Let me drop pump action down to reduces melee cooldown when you pick up an orb of light. Okay, that's going to give me another two points, and then it's going to cost me two points to run anti-barrier resist. You know, major resist would do the same thing. Yeah, you could just always run major resist, homie. Yeah, that might be... That's a good point from Dream. We might not even need to add this system because they already have major resist in the game, and that's what a, that's what a champion is. Aaron kill. I don't think any weapons should be able to take all the mods, but every primary and special should at least take one. Where do you stand in regards to making mods accessible or not on special weapons? I think in September they should be on all primaries and then they start experimenting then they start experimenting with uh, the special weapons. So it just becomes a given. Yeah, if you want to run anti-barrier, overload, and unstoppable, yeah, those mods are just in the pool for primaries now. Uh, And obviously, you don't need to put, like, anti-barrier on a scout. You know, the scout could be unstoppable and overload. You don't need to... They don't need to be available on every... They should be on guns where it makes sense, right? Unstoppable can't be on an SMG or an auto rifle. Unstoppable is on hand cannons and pulses and bows and scouts, right? Because of the way Unstoppable works, you got to put it on something like that. But there's enough variety there that if you need Unstoppable, you're going to be running that weapon. But again, I think I should be able to swap between two. I should be able to swap between a hand cannon that has, you know, Overload and Unstoppable. I should be able to hold down X. And be like, I want to swap between those two depending on what the content throws at me. And then you expand the champion mods to special weapons. So in September, when I come in here to the artifact, this first row should all be fusions, shotguns, and snipers. And that's when they could introduce some of the ideas that I've already outlined. Like they could have armor busting mods for snipers and new champions. Armored champions are in the game. And you're like, yeah, you're going to have to run a sniper if you're wanting to bust that armor. Or a fusion. A fusion would behave a little bit differently. That'd be like a longer charge time, you know? Um, and that'd be a way to suddenly make snipers and fusions get a little bit of play. And then you could have shotgun. Shotgun could be... Um, I don't even know. You could introduce three more champions in September, you know? 
Uh, you could have enraged, you could have armored, and then some third one. And then shotgun would be for the enraged guys. Um, they would they would be kind of like unstoppable, but a little bit different because they'd be glowing. They would do more damage, and the enemies around them would do more damage. But a shotgun would cool them off, you know. Um, that you could you could have you know, so that's two ideas right there, and then that would mean again, as long as they're not too restrictive, okay. As long as they're not too restrictive, you would have a lot of champions in the end game content, and you could really craft a build where, yeah, I really like running a sniper hand cannon in PVE because it really helps with these champions, and then you can run auto rifle fusion, and then you can run, you know, pulse rifle shotgun, and we're man, we're good to go. And you don't all have to run those loadouts, but like there could be a lot of mixing and matching to handle all the different champions. And I'm telling you, there. They're right on the cusp of it. Like I, you can feel it when you run certain content. They're right on the cusp of the combat not needing to be twelve negative modifiers in a delta. It could be more about minimizing pain, minimizing you know mechanical pain in the game, as opposed to you know feeling like you are constantly just having to sort of sit back, hide, and, and face tank and and run run heal builds and high damage builds. You know. Are legendary Lost Sectors a better model for difficulty than the Nightfalls? Lost Sectors use Delta and Champs as opposed to a ton of negative modifiers. Yeah, I I just think if Grandmaster was the first time they decided to say, okay, we're going to do six negative and six positive modifiers. We're going to see how this goes. I'd be far more interested to try it out. I just, I I think legendary Lost Sectors are 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 close. They do feel, I do feel like they feel better than the, the Nightfalls. You go really high on the nightfall, you know, 1,030 and on up, and it's like raids are more fun and easier. <laughs> like, I'd rather run a raid. I'd rather try and solo the dadgum dungeon than run high delta 12 negative modifier nightfalls. I just, I I don't know who that content's for, personally. <laughs> like, who'd you make this for? Um, it's Truz. Given that some artifact mods allow for melee, grenade, and warmind cells to affect certain champions, do these experimental seasonal mods need adding to the future subclass reworks if champions are here to stay? I mean, it could become... Some of them could become standard. Yeah, some of them could become standard mods. I, you know, you never know what their plans are. I think a lot of... I think the artifact is Crucible Labs for PvE. That's what I think the artifact has been uh, for a lot of uh, for a lot of what they're doing. I believe that's that's that really is the, one of the ways they've decided to experiment and not really tell us what they're experimenting with is they're saying, "All right, look, we're going to we're going to give you we're going to give you this for a season and we all love it and we run it. Oppressive Darkness would be an example." And then Bungie goes back and runs the numbers and like, "Uh, that was a, maybe a little too much. It was like you always had tractor cannon, especially if you ran a demo gun. I always had a tractor cannon grenade. And so Bunny's like, oh, I'll have to dial that one back maybe a little bit. So I do, I feel like the artifact is like a low level PVE Crucible Labs thing where they can test things out and try things out that ordinarily they wouldn't do. And then if it's too strong or too weak, then, they, you know, they're able, they're able to kind of make adjustments uh, accordingly. Fortress. What incentive do you think that there would be to run the Grandmaster Nightfalls, or will it be for just clout? I don't know. We gotta wait and see what they say, Eric. 
wouldn't the idea of slot leveling kill sunsetting if your slots 110 or 1010 how do you use something max power 980 it would literally just get capped so there would be items that just are immune to the slot if the slots level is 1050 and your gun got sunset at 1000 you could equip it and use it and it would pull that slot down to 1000 wouldn't matter in 90% of the game but if you went into end game content that was 1050 that gun would be too weak it would just get capped. It would be like, nope, this weapon cannot go beyond a thousand. Even if your slot's a thousand fifty, this weapon ignores that. It got capped. It, it wouldn't be any different than it is now. They're already viewing that slot as if it's the max equipable, and you can only infuse to a certain degree, right? It suddenly doesn't let you infuse. Same principle. The slot takes everything to a thousand fifty except for that item. That's all. That's how it would work. And you could still equip it. It would just pull the slot down. It's truds. Why do you think Bungie appear reluctant to add champion mods to power and energy weapons? Well, because as I just said, I think the artifact is like Crucible Labs for PvE. They wanted to start with primaries, see how it went, and they're expanding now. I mean, Unstoppable, I'm sorry, Overload's on a sword. So they clearly, I, I, I bet you we see some next season on uh, on something else. Maybe some, maybe a shotgun, maybe a sniper, maybe a fusion, I don't know, maybe a machine gun. Um, I could see them putting anti-barrier on a machine gun. Uh, and suddenly you feel like, yeah, machine guns aren't bad, especially the Vorpal one, you know, that you got this season. That could be, uh, that could be nice, you know? So I, I do think though, they primarily wanted to focus on our primary weapons and testing those out first. McCheshire. Would barrier champions that spawned with their barrier already up mitigate how quickly they're killed? Well, no, because then you just wait. It's not even that long, dude. Like, you just wait. You just, like, hide around the corner. A lot of times you go in the room, you can't even shoot them right away anyway. They're, they're you know, they're too far away. You got to get into position. I just think if I if I was in charge right now, I would say anti-barriers can't shoot when their shield's up. That's all I would do to them. I think they're fine otherwise. If they couldn't shoot while their shield was up, I think less people would feel the need to like, oh, dude, no, you got to divinity Nagis them, dude. I don't want to fight them. They're so freaking annoying. No, you would do a bunch of damage. The shield would come up. You could get a little bit closer with your sidearm or your SMG, pop the shield, and then kill them. There, it's a song and a dance at that point. It's a, it's a, it's a give and a take. It's, it's there's there's a back and forth. Instead of what it is right now, is you either get smelted by them or you ignore it altogether and try and melt them with a Nizanagi's and a Divinity combination. Uh, Jones with 27 months, thank you. I know I don't interact with that chat match, but uh, I don't interact with chat that much, but I appreciate the content. Thank you. And then Danikin with the brand new sub. I missed that one a little while ago. Danikin, thank you for the brand new sub. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. That was like 20 minutes ago. I am sorry about that. S Punisher. Do you think Exotic should have the passive toggle for champion mods instead of making them more utilized? So Exotic should have the passive toggle. I mean, I could get down with that. Maybe toggling is only reserved for exotics, and then that'd be a reason to run certain exotics. I don't know. I don't think toggling between anti-barrier and overload is even that big of a deal. I also think that would empower Bungie to be like, we can put more champion combinations in the content, and then you're making decisions on the fly that feels cool. Like, it's always cool when your loadout is like effective against what's in front of you it just it felt really cool running warden of nothing the other day and like we had just a system of dismantling everything in front of us it'd be really cool to be oh good i got that unstoppable sweet let's move oh here's an overload guy you hold down x all right cool and bam 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 all right he's stunned there's something about that there i can't put it into words but there is something about 
adapting on the fly and changing what you're doing to what's in front of you as opposed to just like running through and just steamrolling with damage it's high noon if grandmaster rewards are not good how long do you think people will say it's not worth running it's not gonna take long because it's gonna be painful golden sorry for this type of question do you think that we have ammo specific champion champ mods for legendary weapons oh can we have them can we keep the current champions as primary ammo and get new types of for energy and heavy we can make exotic exceptions to the rule I mean I've outlined a lot of this already so I don't need to revisit that subject on how they could handle new mods or new champions do you think that there would be a better to add on an extra mod slot on the weapons example you can have a slot for champion mods yeah we already talked about this earlier um the idea that it could either be intrinsic and part of the role as trud suggested or in this case just like oh yeah just an extra slot so i don't have to take off minor spec or major spec rexy what do you think about the possibility that we may actually fight the darkness sex season in some way keeping in mind the darkness could be an enemy we fight for a while like hive or fallen yeah i don't know when the darkness or the veil or any of that's going to show up i don't even, i'm not really going to speculate on that uh, Toby, do you prefer D1 subclass system or D2? I prefer D2. I just think they need to drill down a little bit. I think one of the things that could benefit them right now in D2 is like I go in here and I pick this attunement. This attunement should then have modifications to each thing. So like snare bomb, throw a smoke bomb from a distance that uses your melee ability. The smoke bomb sticks to surfaces and detonates when enemies are near, slowing and disorienting them. Okay. Once I click this, and I highlight it, there should be a menu with four augmentations. So I can run Snare Bomb with um, lasts longer. Anyone caught in it lasts longer, but the area of effect is smaller. Um, Lasts a shorter amount of time, but um, but creates a a, you know, a a damage debuff. So you do a little bit more damage to them or something. So it'd be four versions of snare uh, vanishing step. Dodging makes you vanish from sight for a short time. So vanishing step could have a couple different versions like duration is extended but movement is slowed. Uh, Duration is shorter but movement is increased. So you'd have different versions of vanishing step and that would be a way for you to pick an attunement but then kind of drill down in each thing and have them be slightly different. So your uh, your way is that yeah your way of the trapper would be different than my way of the trapper I'd go we would go in and adjust them and have them be completely different than than what you picked so I I don't I, I there were so many there were so many frivolous non-choices in d1 like you just weren't gonna pick some of the bubbles they were just kind of dumb you know Aaron Kill. It's easy to find people complaining of blueberries being unfamiliar with champion mechanics. Where in the game should Bungie insert champions in low difficulty content to help people learn? Um. Yeah, I mean, this is not just a growing problem because people are unaware. There's also people that just don't give a crap. They just don't freaking care. They're going to be like, I'm not changing my loadout, dude. I'll let somebody else deal with this, you know? And that's why I feel... I, I think there's some wisdom in doing it passively. Hey, you unlocked anti-barrier for hand cannons. So, they don't have to do anything. It's just on their hand cannon. Hey, you unlocked anti-barrier and overload for hand cannons. Oh, sweet. And then if something comes out and it's overload, all they have to do is hold down the X button to switch off of anti-barrier and the gun the gun like reloads itself and now it's, uh, now it's overload instead of anti-barrier. You know? 
it's just passive on all their hand cannons. They don't have to change anything. They don't have to equip the mod. So as long as they're running a relevant weapon, now obviously if they're running around the public space with a scout rifle and a sniper rifle and a machine gun, and none of those are relevant weapons to the season, well, you, you, know, you just got a dumb dumb on your hands. He's not even paying attention. But if they look at their artifact as it's leveling, they're like, oh, cool, all of my hand cannons, all of my SMGs, all of my auto rifles, they get all these perks passively. I mean, all they'd have to do is very marginally pay attention and hold down X to toggle between, you know, overload and unstoppable. I mean, come on, man. Like, I, this is why I said yesterday about trials and somebody was arguing about, you know, a solo player being able to just kind of matchmake and just, you know, hang out in trials and just kind of cruise. And I was like, I don't want certain content made for casual do-nothings. And a casual do-nothing is not an insult. It's just literally someone who is so casual, they just boot up, run around public space and strikes, and they just shoot stuff. They don't give a crap about any of it. They don't grab bounties. They don't look at their mods. They're just like, yeah, dude, I'm just here to shoot stuff and get stuff. Like They don't give a rip about any of that. Well, casual do-nothings would at the very least be able to help sometimes because their guns would just sort of automatically level up with the artifact and get the passives. And again, as long as they're not running a completely brain-dead loadout that is ignoring every single relevant weapon that season, they would probably be helping to some degree. Um, You don't need to toggle as they are different mechanics. You aim down for unstoppable and you continue firing for overload. So you just have to fire them both at the same time. My only concern about that sweat is there are guns that can do anti-barrier and overload and they both proc the same way. You just shoot. I like the idea of having to switch it because that's you responding to what's happening in front of you. You know? Casual doesn't mean bad player. No, it doesn't mean bad player. It's just there are people that just literally don't pay attention. You know? They literally are just like, I don't know what the frick this guy sent me hate mail for. Oh, champion mods? Oh, yeah, I guess I should put some of those on. Yeah, whatever, man. And they just go to the next thing. They're just a casual do-nothing. They're just like, I don't need to do all that. I don't want to move any of that stuff, you know? And these people are totally fine. Like, they play the game. They're great. Like, they're, they're part of the player pool. But you could make it to where some of that stuff just sort of is passively happening as long as they're running weapons, you know, that get the passives. Sacklops, do you think it would help if champion mods were intrinsic on all guns, but you had to hold... I mean, this is literally the idea we've outlined multiple times today. Arcanist, do you think we are much closer to confronting the darkness than you initially thought? I have no idea. Stadia Joe, have you ever thought about approaching Bungie to see if they would be interested in your... Uh, Trials TV, where you give live play-by-play to some of the elite PvP players, given sports are off now, this could be popular. I don't need Bungie. Split screen is mine. I launched my own network, my own show, my own casting desk. I don't need Bungie for that. I mean, that's why I built it. I don't need Bungie. I don't need an organization or a publisher or a developer. They don't got to pay any attention to me. It's my show. It's my channel. You know? Now, if they want to partner up and do some cool stuff, if they want split screen to cover a Bungie bounty, sure, man, let's talk. That'd be fun. Uh, G1, you know, reached out to me. I'm going to be covering the G1 tourney. The, the organization that Kenny Vaccaro started. So it's like, I'm always happy to work with people, but like, I don't, I don't need them to do any of that stuff. I'm already doing that every weekend with trials and it's been really, really fun. Um, so. MW2 Killer. With weapons getting sunset in the future, do you think that they will do, do away with champion mods or at least improve them by opening up the type of weapons that can have them equipped? Well, I don't think sunsetting has any fa- it doesn't doesn't matter. 
if you get a new hand cannon or a new auto rifle in the future and you can throw anti-barrier or overload on those weapons and they, they don't it doesn't matter that your old weapons got sunset it doesn't really have anything to do with this spawn man lono is a monthly fee for destiny a good idea no i think console players would reject it pretty strongly bobby big bites love the content first of all does bungie wrap up on all these open storylines they have by september i have no idea dude uh it's bennett season pass or dlc with updates and why i think the current seasonal model is literally the model for destiny because it is a live service game that people play every day and every week dlcs are not designed for people to play every day and every week dlcs are designed for single player games that you expand upon you play for a couple weeks then you put it back down Destiny is not a game that you play for a couple weeks and put back down. The seasonal format is literally crafted around the player behavior. They looked at the player behavior, they looked at the player-based saturation numbers, they looked at the way that we interacted with content, and they built the structure around that. People that think the DLC format is superior are actually wrong. Yes, your opinions can be wrong. Your mom was, was, was foolish to tell you that you're special and always right okay your opinion can be wrong all right seasonal format is structured around the player base's behavior dlc format is not you can actually be wrong about this okay dlc format cannot be superior in any way it's not designed for a game like this dlc format that you play for a month and then have this huge drought it it doesn't work it doesn't work it it, there's this giant vacancies matchmaking gets obliterated it just gets obliterated because no one's playing your numbers just plummet capturing and keeping a regular audience okay is exactly is exactly how this is supposed to go and I don't think DLC format does that I liked it more but I accept being wrong hear me out on this you can like it more but if you argue that it's better, it's like, it can't be better. It's literally not built around the player base's behavior. It's built around single player games. Like, that's how single player games do it. The idea that, like, here's a DLC, and you'll basically be done with all the DLC content in this many hours, and after that, then there's nothing, and you have to wait for new things. I, that, that, that literally can't be better. It's, it's not possible. The droughts don't work for a game like this. This game is not built for droughts. It's built for regular engagement, which means you need a seasonal format. It, it, you can prefer it the old way. You can. That's fine. You can prefer the DLC way. Yeah, dude, I liked it the old way. I'd play for three or four weeks, and then I'd take a big, long, fat break. Okay, well, you just argued as to why it's not a superior feature because it's actually not the way that Destiny is meant to be played from... You know, from a genre identity, I you know they identify as a action MMO. I, that's that's seasonal content is designed for an action MMO. And here's where everybody makes a mistake. You act like if you take a break, that's an indictment of the format. Th- that's not an indictment of the format. You took breaks in the old format anyway. Was that an indictment of that format? Why was it not an indictment of the DLC format? You took breaks then, you take breaks now. So you can't use that as a measure of, oh yeah, this format's not as good, right? So if you if you think about it from that perspective, you drifting and coming back in 
in shorter intervals is exactly what they're hoping for because the numbers stay more stable that way which means matchmaking is more solvent which means the public spaces in the towers feel more alive with more people in them the big drop-offs and the big droughts hurts the experience of the players that stay behind and keep playing they're like well there's nobody freaking playing your public spaces are empty you can't get anybody to instance in you with Archon's Forge and all those things that break down Stadia Joe where do you get all your shirts Uh, and why don't you wear your own merch I just think wearing my own merch is so I don't know I do it sometimes I was wearing the hoodie a bunch I was wearing the t-shirt every once in a while uh, I just am a t-shirt addict. I have so many t-shirts upstairs, I couldn't possibly only wear my own merch. And they're almost all from Amazon. Avin J. With hardcore gamers like Glad and Datto lamenting the lack of a true grind in Destiny, what's the single highest priority Bungie needs to address by the fall? Well, okay. No one should be shocked that Glad and Datto are bored, especially after Luke Smith's most recent director's cut, where he said they need to refuel aspiration and he also said that now that they've survived this transition now they can pivot to focusing on where can destiny go and how do we get there year three the year that we're presently in right now was not designed for the hardcore like thousand hour player it wasn't okay it wasn't designed for them they took aim at the middle of the pack because they wanted to maintain the player base If they would have spent year three, their transitional year to being self-published, if they would have spent that year designing a game for Glad and Datto, the franchise would be dead. I mean, I say that as as, as somebody who likes those guys. If Bungie would have spent year three building Destiny for them, the franchise would be dead. Because all the mid lane players would have left and have been like, this is not, this is taking a thousand years to get anything accomplished. It's built for glad. It's built for data. It's built for eight hour a day players. And you would have had mass exodus and your franchise would have died. So they use this transitional year to focus on the middle of the pack. So aspiration suffered. Luke Smith says we need to refuel aspiration. How do we do that? One of the ways they do that is by sunsetting weapons so they can create truly aspirational loot, truly best-in-class loot at the tip of the pyramid because it doesn't threaten the ethos and the balance of the game because in 12 months it's no longer endgame viable. They, that's one way they can do this. That's one way they can blow the lid off of aspirational content because aspirational loot has sucked for five years. Well, not for five years. It sucked for you know the life cycle of D2. It hasn't been very impressive. Your best weapons came from PvP slog grinds, okay? Not Forgotten, Recluse, and Mountaintop. Like, your best weapons in Destiny 2 didn't even come from endgame, like, grade grind. Anarchy and 1K. Okay, those are exotics. They better be good. I'm talking, like, within the legendary loot pool, the best legendary weapons in this game's history, except for, like, what, the Midnight Coup and the Ikalos Shotgun, didn't even really come from truly aspirational grinds. Midnight Coup, sure, but like everything after that, it's like what Igalas Shotgun has a public space encounter. Come on. So. Just enough. If all exotics are enabled for champion mods, don't you think we would only use exotics? Most subs are bad compared to Huckleberry Risk Runner. I'm sorry, what? That's not true. Submachine guns? The, the one that launched this season, and then the subjunctive, and then the recluse? They are really great weapons. This is not accurate at all. And I really don't think we would only run exotics. No. 
Absolutely not. I would not automatically, like, think about it. I could probably still run Divinity. Divinity does Overload, and then I'd run a primary for Unstoppable. I'm not automatically going to switch to, like, Thorn or Ace of Spades and run Unstoppable on them. I'm not only going to run Exotic Primaries. Not, not at all. I think that's why it was smart to give us things like the Divinity uh, and the Arianus Vow that use energy, energy ammo, you know. Avan J. What would a version of Destiny that satiates people like Glad or you look like? Would you ever want to go there? Maybe worth a thought exercise. I don't think it I I don't think it's conceivably possible to build content that's grinding enough, long enough, rewarding enough for people like that. I don't think it's possible. I don't. Here's what's going to happen. If they actually do it, let's say Bungie figures out really good aspirational loot grinds and farms and routes, okay? They're going to play for 16 hours a day for an entire week and you'll never ever ever create enough content to get in front of that. You just simply won't. I mean, the only way you drag that out is with a drop rate that's in the dadgum toilet, which ends up being really unenjoyable. I just, I don't think you can do it. I really don't. The game doesn't have the infrastructure for, to keep people like that engaged for, for long, long, long periods of time. Look how painful leveling was in Forsaken. It was pretty painful. RNG could really screw you. The most hardcore players were were max level within the first two to three weeks. It didn't slow them down at all. Even when leveling was at its absolute worst, it didn't slow them down. I, I don't think I don't see a future in Destiny where the hardcore players are just they. It satiates them. They're always playing. I, now I'll say this: it could certainly get better. You could certainly say, man, those hardcore players, those hardcore raiders, they're really digging the new content and the new loot, and they play for longer. You know, maybe they don't get three weeks into a season. Maybe they get to, like, week five or six, and that's pretty good, you know? They're almost they're almost at the halfway point of the season before they start to feel like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready for a break, and then you could trickle out new content for them. You gotta either time gate stuff or make the drop rate slow. You know, it's just really, really hard to build any content for people at that level. Hey Lona, Bungie decides to update exotic weapons uh, to accept champion mods. Do you think Bungie should allow any exotic weapon to have any champion mod? I don't know. We don't need to be that extreme. It would need to be matching of the archetype, like a hand cannon needs to put on the hand cannon ones, you know, because they have their own rules assigned to them, like how they work. Do you believe the champion mods are really necessary, or if so, do you like how it's incorporated the artifact? I mean, my entire video and talk today has been how, how I like it and what it brings to combat. It just needs to be tweaked and expanded. Stu Delicious. How would you feel if Bungie made it to where seasonal weapon mods could only be applied to a three-season span of weapons, like the change they made to the seasonal armor mods? Well, I... The seasonal weapon mods... What are you talking about? The seasonal weapon mods don't stay. They don't stay. They they go away. There is, you're saying they they should stay around for three months? I I think they would just have. I think they're just gonna standardize them. It's your boy. I know you've mentioned higher difficulty raids. Would you be interested in seeing raid specific champions or a higher number of champions throughout? Well, if they expand on the champions and they give you the ability to toggle the mod, if they have you know more or new uh, champions, these are uh, these are ways that they could do that in a raid. 
oh yeah, let's let's throw a couple more in, you know, let's throw a couple more champions in there because they're we're we're equipping you with more things to do. Keep champions out of the raids. They're they're already in the current one, Garden. They're like a non-issue. They're not even that hard, Golden. Do you think upgrade module is the bandage for infusion like surge bounties was for leveling last year? I don't know because it's not automatic like surge bounties. I think this is a bad I think this is a bad read on upgrade modules. I think they wanted to simplify the menu. So it was like, what do you need? I need an upgrade module. Okay. And they give you those on the season pass. It doesn't feel like surge bounties because surge bounties were trying to fix a literal problem. You get left behind. We gotta surge you up. I don't think these are equivalent to each other. JFGC. Uh, we'll never know until they say something, but is it possible that Bungie have been pulling their punches on everything? Seasonal content, champions, optimal, to make sure that almost everyone can interact with the content. Raising the skill floor, but lowering the ceiling. I think I don't think this sounds right to me. If they're pulling their punches on seasonal content, champions, optimal leveling paths, and loot, to make sure everyone can interact with the content, that would be lowering the skill floor so more people can get in. listen this is pure speculation so I'm just going to kind of glide over it you guys are sometimes asking questions that I can't answer I don't know if Bungie's doing that you want me to speculate on if they're pulling their punches on all their content like how am I supposed to answer a question like that I don't work for Bungie I I think they're giving us as much as they can with the bandwidth that they have that's what I think I think that's why the game's been glitchy and buggy because they're doing literally maximum delivery every season and some of it's just not getting properly tested King K Unless I'm running with a super coordinated team, I find myself running double primaries or exotic weapons with intrinsic champion modifiers to deal with champions. Yeah, I do the same thing. This makes me feel depowered in vanilla D uh, like vanilla D2 was. Is this a possible way to passively control power creep? No, this has nothing to do with power creep. I don't... I think you guys like to use the word power creep. Like, you keep using that word, but I don't think you know what that word means. Like, in the Princess Bride, I don't think you guys know what power creep means. Okay? Power creep is we made a really, really strong weapon called the recluse. Next season, we have to make a weapon stronger than it. And the next next season, we have to make a weapon stronger than that weapon. And so forth and so forth and so forth. I said yesterday, the logical end, the logical end point of power creep is that every weapon one taps because you're always making them stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So for forever, eventually you get to a submachine gun that is 15 times stronger than the recluse because they kept having to make stronger SMGs. That's power creep. I really don't think people understand power creep. They just use the word. Like it, that, they're not trying to passively control power creep with champion mods. There's, that's not it at all. And even if you are running double primary, again, that has nothing to do with power creep. Power creep is not kept in check by you needing to run double primary. And in any case, if you're running nightfalls that are really, really hard, you're gonna be mad. You're gonna be picking your team beforehand. Like, where are you matchmaking with randos and feeling the need to run double primary? Where are you doing this? You can't matchmake into legendary lost sectors. You can't matchmake into the higher level nightfalls. So where are you doing this? You can't matchmake into the higher level uh, nightmare hunts. If you're matchmaking into lower nightmare hunts, lower nightfalls, or uh, doing the public space event, you do not need to run double primary. I can understand why you are, but the champions barely show up in the public event. They only show up at the end, and most people just bake them with... Everybody just team shots them. If you're running... If you're running the match-made Nightfalls, 
those don't even have like there's no champions at 750 there are there are champions at 970 that's the only match made environment you could go into where there's going to be a regular rhythm of champions so this is a very very narrow problem like you it seems to me like you're matchmaking in the 970s you're going into 970s and say, oh, there's champions. I got to run double primary. I, I don't know if you got to run double primary for frick's sake. It's it's match made 970. You know, to me, to me, number one, this has nothing to do with power creep. And number two, you don't really need to run double primary. Well, Axe of Eugene, obviously, if he's running double primary, the team coordination is bad. He's saying that unless I'm running with a super coordinated team, I find myself needing to run double primary. That's the entire premise of his question. He premises with, if I'm not coordinated, I feel like I have to run double primary. Do you feel like this is a way to deal with power creep? No. Number one, I don't feel they're related. Even if you could make the argument that they are related, super coordinated teams are going to still use the really strong power creep weapons. And then... See what I'm saying? Like, if you are a super coordinated team, then you coordinate and the power creep is still well in hand. If the re- if the recluse is really, really strong still. You know what I mean? So. Why are you sounding so upset by Q&A that you decide to do, bub? Uh, you've only been following me for 20 seconds. I'm not going to read the rest of your sentence because you sound like a stupid person and we don't we don't allow those people to uh, to hang out here. So find a stream that maybe has that in their title, like stupid people welcome. It'll be hard for you to read it because there'll be a couple words kind of sort of like linked together. You'll have to learn how to like read an entire sentence. That'll be hard, but if there might be streams out there that say stupid people are welcome and then you can go hang out there, bub. Ackleson. Champion mods seem like a good way for Bungie to not sunset weapons via a power cap. Do you think they could achieve the same goal they have by having champion mods removed from old weapons and only be accessible on newer weapons? Well, whenever they first whenever they first introduced champion mods, I was like, oh, all the new weapons in year three should have two slots. Because that would be like a soft push. You'd be like, well, I could run Recluse, but I could run Subjunctive and it has two slots. It has the normal slot and the champion slot. That might be like a soft push to go, you know, up to the new, the new weapons. What you're saying is all of a sudden, all those old weapons couldn't use champion mods and then people would naturally use the new weapons. This gets a little convoluted because you then have to put champions literally everywhere right you got to put them everywhere it's like the only way this works is if i have to run a champion mod in literally every piece of end game content because if not i'll still run recluse i'll still run whatever is really crazy strong from the past does that make sense like I don't need I don't need to run champion mods unless you create that need. I think you are you're you're creating too many um how do I want to phrase this? You're creating too many systems of restriction hoping, right, that people switch their loadout as opposed to being like you just can't infuse it anymore. They have a really simple solution. It's called sunsetting. 
you can't infuse it anymore. You're like, no, 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 let's do one better. You can always infuse it, but then eventually you can't equip the champion mods, and then you gotta put champion mods everywhere, and if there's enough champion mod pain point in the endgame content, you're gonna feel the need to switch to the new weapons, but you don't necessarily have to. You could still run the old really, really strong stuff. You see what I'm saying? Like, you're creating so many layers there, it's easy to be like, no, you know, every 9 or 12 months at sunset, you can't infuse it. And then the reason that's helpful is when they're designing a raid or a dungeon or a new encounter for 12 months later, they know all these weapons, just boom, push them back. They almost have like a diagram where they can look and say, okay, here are all these weapons. We introduce all these perks and there's a couple really strong legendaries in this pool. That pool is not an issue in this new content. So we can create pain points that are going to be a little bit tougher because they're, they can't use those weapons anymore. Right now it's like, they, they create weapons that are all plain and samey. Why? So when they go to design content, they're like, did we design a really strong hand cannon or uh, a pulse rifle 12 months ago? No, they don't have to think like that because all the pulse rifles and hand cannons and SMGs are all virtually the same. So because they're all virtually the same, Bungie never has to consider how strong they are. And if they never have to consider how strong they are, it's easier for them to create the content. So sunsetting is designed... To, to allow them to develop endgame content and know in their mind some of those crazy strong weapons we introduced 10 months ago will not be a factor in this hard mode dungeon or hard mode raid or whatever root I would like to see race specific champions for example a champion unique to cabal this could add more strategic diversity to the encounters the only reason I don't like this idea is that there's so many weird combinations in strikes. There's strikes where there's like Cabal Vex. There's strikes where it's like Fallen Hive. Like, I don't know. Especially because they do like, they like to do locked loadout in Nightfalls. Um, I don't think this is a big need right now. I think it'd be better to do more with the weapons. Like, open up so I can do more like they did with the sword. Nolta. Rather than mods, what do you think about having a certain champion mechanic? Like, the major enemies that drop orbs in Scourge of the Past. Okay, so instead of champion mechanics, you want... Okay, I understand what you're asking. The reason they like doing something like champion mods and champions as a class of of enemy is they can copy and paste that kind of everywhere, okay? You're asking for a very specific encounter mechanic to be developed in all these different areas, which requires a lot more work. If they're going to have like, okay, this major enemy drops this orb and then this orb's got to be taken over here and you slam it in this thing and and then it opens up this and then... I'm not saying there's not a a place for what you're asking for, but if Bungie's going to try to do this, let's reinvigorate core activities, I think you're asking for a really tall order. And Bungie could be like, we can make strikes feel really fresh this season by adding a couple of different champions, a couple of new mods, a couple of new this, and that literally can just be kind of like copy-pasted throughout all the strikes. As opposed to going into each individual strike and saying, okay, we need this guy to drop a ball, you use the ball at this machine, this machine does this, and that, like, do you, do you see? Like, that mechanic is cool. I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I actually love the final Scourge fight for that reason. Map reader, 
You got the Berserker Busters, and then you got the guy taking off the shield and, and, and also stunning the boss. Like I love all the interworking like cogs of the final scourge fight. I really do. I think it's a dope I think it's the best fight they've ever designed, personally. But you're asking for that level of dynamics to be inserted into sort of more of the garden variety content. So I that's 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 where I would take it. I would take it and 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 do it kind of in how they've done it now. Make it a little bit more copy paste so they can put it in more places more effectively. King Thomas. Do you think that there should be an extra mod slot on weapons that require anti-barrier overload ETC? Yeah, we already had that question. Uh Lego Invinion. Was that supposed to be Envision? Anyway, do you think that exotics should get a mod slot that will bring back some of the forgotten? No, we've been arguing about that for a long time. We've been asking for the exotics to be able to use the the champion mods. Yes. The fat kid. What do you think about a wild card mod for each champion type where the mod can be applied to any weapon, but like exotics, it can only be equipped on one weapon slot? This is... I, I'm just going to go to the next question. Dog. How long do you think it will take for Esoteric to beat the Grandmaster Nightfall solo? Don't care. This is sort of talked about earlier, but what if instead of mods, masterworking your gear gives you a bonus resilience against champions, maybe giving you a little bit more incentive to do Nightfalls? So if I masterwork my gear, I have more resilience against the champions. I, I, I I don't think we need this level of complexity. Like... We don't need to reach into like the armor and say, okay, not only does taking your armor all the way to level 10 give you more energy plus two on every stat and more energy for mods, I think you would just say, let's not do 12 negative modifiers. Let's do six negative six, like, let's do six negative six positive. You know, that's how I would do it. You don't need to do, you don't need to do six ne- like twelve negative modifiers. Oh, and then you can mitigate them in this way. How are you gonna do me like that? I've been waiting all morning. Was my question really that dumb, dude? I, you might not have been here for a while. I don't like answering super specific. This is my idea. What do you think, Lono? Questions. That's not a question. I don't want to read a book with eight different interweaving ideas that you have and be like, "What do you think, Lono?" That's not what Q and A is for. I, they. I don't want to read about this wild card mod for each champion type where the mod can be applied to any weapon. What do you mean? So I can put the champion mod on any weapon? So then how's that even going to work? How's an unstoppable going to work on an auto rifle? It's got to have a whole new rule set added to it. But like exotics, it can only be equipped on one weapon slot. Again, what does that mean? Exotics don't even have a slot right now. They don't even have... You, you, they don't even have an, an exotic they don't even have a, a champion mod slot that way you can choose one weapon in your loadout to minimize the pain of the force PVE meta what do you mean? it doesn't make any sense like that's why I don't like reading questions like this if you haven't exhaustively explained your idea, I get lost in the weeds don't really understand what you mean, I'll misunderstand your idea, I'll interact with that misunderstanding and waste my time that's why I don't like doing it. It's like, you've got to be so, so specific. I don't know exactly what you mean, so I have to skip the question. I'm doing this live on the fly, homie. Like, people listen to this as a podcast later. Like, you can't submit questions that are that that in-depth of an idea because I'm going to get lost in the weeds and then I can't give you a good answer. 
a universal mod slot. If I have a, but the, but what does he mean by that? Does he mean that I can put anti barrier on any weapon type, or does he mean my hand cannon can do overload, anti barrier, and unstoppable? I don't know what he means. I don't understand his idea and therefore can't interact with it. And now I'm justifying my decision to skip it by going back and reading and telling you why it's slightly confusing. It's not that the question was dumb. It's that anytime somebody's like, here's my really elaborate idea, Lono, what do you think? I'm like, I I can't interact with that man on the fly. I'm going to need the qualifications. I'm going to need you to explain it more. And that's not what Q&A is for. If you want to outline your idea and see what people think that Reddit's a better place because you could write like a couple paragraphs. Um... Next question from Apollo Gaming. With sunsetting being implemented, should Menagerie be altered to offer new weapons, or do you think Bungie will drop the activity? Personally, I love Menagerie and its farming capabilities. Well, eventually, eventually, Menagerie would need, needs to be repurposed, right? Because this is what's going to happen. You're going to get so many months out and every weapon from Menagerie sunset. And so it's suddenly like, oh man, I, I don't give a crap about Menagerie, right? Um, and so then you, nobody's running it. I think, right? I think sunsetting could go hand in hand with a lot of the repurposing arguments that we've had. Man, repurpose sundial. I'm not, I'm sorry. Uh, re- repurpose the blind well. Repurpose the escalation protocol. Repurpose the forges. Repurpose reckoning. Repurpose menagerie. Like, do it in order. I think that the the older activities deserve their turn first. Escalation protocol is first in line, in my mind. Then blind well. Then the forges, then reckoning, then menagerie. That's five really, really good loops of content that could be repurposed. And then you could do what you're talking about. Like, okay, since everything's sunset from there, no one's going to give a crap if you change the loot pool. He's saying we should be able to equip the artifact weapon mods on all weapon types. That's my understanding of the question. Again, I like that's fine out of Q&A because we're going to have to go in back and forth for a while for me to get a firm grasp on your idea and that's why I don't like hijacking Q&A with elaborate idea suggestions it just doesn't fit it just doesn't fit it feels like a giant record scratch I gotta stop and have a conversation with just you about your idea you know what I'm saying I was saying I hate being forced to use the specific seasonal weapons like if it was sniper scout pulse now it's sidearm hand cannon submachine gun. I'm saying if I wanted to use a sniper this season, I could use one mod on any type. And that's why you said it would be an exotic. Okay, now I understand what you're saying. The only reason I don't think that's helpful, homie, is because they've. it'd be hard to know. It's real clear right now, I have an exotic equipped. I can't equip another, Okay. So you'd have to do something in the UI. So right now, if my beloved had your exotic wild card mod on it, it would need to be visible right there under targeting adjuster. Or where, no, where targeting adjuster is, it would need to be gold. So there'd be no question in my mind, oh, I use my wild card mod there. I can't use another. I don't know if this idea is bad. I think it might be confusing to people because it'd be like, They'd have to, well, wait, wait a minute. I want to run this on this. Why can't I do it? Oh, no, you used your wild card on your sniper. What I think would be easier is to work within what's already been built in our minds, which is there are mods every season for certain guns. So you'd come here and just how they've expanded it to swords this season, suddenly they've expanded it to snipers. Because I actually like the idea of unstoppable sniper. I think that'd be kind of cool. And this sort of 
this sort of backs my idea of saying anti-barrier, unstoppable, and overload should just become standard primary mods in the game. Just take them out of the artifact. They're just standard primary mods. And then you expand in, you know, in September, all of a sudden anti-barrier, overload, and unstoppable are showing up on shotguns, snipers, and fusions. See what I'm saying? I think that's clearer to the player what's going on. You've created an idea that isn't necessarily a bad idea. It's just... You, when you have that many stipulations I think players would be like, I don't understand and the minute they have a hard time understanding it, they won't engage with it. That's one of the reasons I don't think people engage with uh, Charge with Light because they come in here they go here and they're like, they're like okay, uh, become Charge with Light by rapidly defeating multiple combatants, okay, well why do I care about becoming Charge with Light? Oh, while Charge with Light, gain a bonus to weapon damage, each defeated combatant consumes one stack of the Charge with Light Okay, how many stacks of charge with light can I have? How long does charge with light last? Like, the minute you go down that rabbit hole of like this stipulation, then requires this stipulation, then requires this stipulation, and you're like, people don't engage with it. I think charge with light mods didn't get a lot of engagement for one main reason, which was you had to get the armor first and then level it all the way up. That was one reason. The second reason people didn't engage with charge with light is exactly what I just did. It's like, no one wants to go in and read all that nonsense, right? That's come on. That, 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 it, there's so many of this. That's homework. I wonder if war mind cells are landing flat for the same reason. Oh, I got to go in here and read and figure all this out. They're trying to softly push us to the idea that you really need to invest in reading, doing research and building a build. You can do so many things with war mind cells. You can do so many things with charge with light. And so I think your idea is good. But I think your idea ultimately would just sort of get ignored by people or it could confuse them. Because I just, I wonder sometimes if this game is trying to slowly pull people forward to say, man, read your stuff, read your mods. You know, I had to make a spreadsheet to use Charge with Light. <laughs> you know, so. And everything I just said is kind of why when I start reading a suggestion like that, my mind just goes, eh, no, this isn't good for Q&A, and I spit it out. Because I'd spend so much time qualifying it and understanding the idea, it just doesn't work. It's like, I, I don't have time to do this right now. I gotta, I gotta grasp the question and then springboard into an answer, you know? Quibs. What do you think about the state of PvE right now? I think it's lacking a, a truly enjoyable uh, activity. I don't think the public event is that fun for lots of folks. Legendary Lost Sectors are pretty good, and the grind for the bunkers is pretty good. But I don't know. I thought Sundial was I thought Sundial was solid. The more I think about why every season people are like, I'm burned out, I'm burned out, I don't want to play anymore, is what we talked about in the video that just went live this morning on YouTube where we said we wanted the nightfall glitch to continue, but we said it should be a rotation. Paul Tassi touched on this. He said, when it's a special event, it's more exciting than just Sundial all season long, right? If suddenly Gambit's way more rewarding for a week, suddenly Reckoning's way more rewarding, suddenly Nightfalls is way more rewarding, you're mixing it up. It's exciting. It's limited time. It's got what I used to call rhythmic urgency there's just all of a sudden i gotta do this this week or it's gonna go away rhythmic urgency i think has been lost a little bit because the seasonal format dictated that it needed to be super generous and available all the time like when they made adis frames available all the time i thought that was a mistake i thought rhythmic urgency was better this is a good week man yeah she's got the kindled let's go try to get the kindled 
and then they said no they're just available all the time they removed rhythmic urgency and that in my opinion diluted some of what makes destiny good and that i think you saw with people going crazy in warden of nothing nightfall with double drops for a week so the state of pve right now is that with if i've got to do the same thing all season long i'm going to get burned out even the most enduring most grindy players are going to get burned out there's more room i think for what we discovered with the recent uh nightfall grind if i'm grinding warden of nothing for a week that's fine i've not played that in a while if all of a sudden i'm grinding reckoning for a week because the drop rates are crazy good on all the weapons double triple drops who gives a frick at this point right I can do that for a week and it would feel way different than when I grinded warden of nothing and then the next week it's something else there I'm telling you there's something there they've got to tap into that because if I spend an entire season running sundial I'm like I can't freaking do this anymore I'm freaking done I I'm over it but if it's for a week oh come on that's perfect it's so perfect. You, It's way harder to get burned out. Way harder. Dylan Cosmo said he let the team know how they could add something like this later on. I would go one step further. I wouldn't even say, yeah, dude, the, the Nightfall should just always be this rewarding. Because then suddenly the Nightfall would just turn into Sundial. Or if Nightfall Ordeal is always that rewarding, what are you going to do? You're going to wait for Warden of Nothing. It's like the fastest Nightfall. Oh, it's Fnatic this week? Forget that. Screw that, dude. No way. <laughs> no. I'm not doing that. But if it's if it's only available for a week, that creates an impetus. That creates a rhythmic urgency. That's that's kind of how Destiny has felt for a really long time, and they've eroded a lot of that, and some of that's because they had to. Sundial had to be super generous because it was going away at the end of the season. Like Mindbenders. Yeah, I mean, Mindbenders... Oh, I hate that freaking strike, though. That's why I don't have a Mindbenders. Fuzzy Epic Muffin. Sorry if this is a little off-topic. Are the weapons or armor that should be immune to the imminent sunsetting besides exotics? If you make anything immune to sunsetting, why sunset? If you make anything... If you make anything immune to sunsetting, there's no reason to sunset. I don't think you have things that are immune to sunset. Armor, it doesn't really matter. You're shuffling forward because of the seasonal mods. You should be, if they do it right. I like that idea, but instead of a week, do a weekend, Friday to Monday. I'm only going to push back on that, Coach, because a week is a nice... Everybody puts in some time during that week. If I can't play Friday to Monday and I miss out, I'm like, oh, come on. I can play Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't think there's a reason to limit it to the weekend. I don't be like, oh, what about trials? What about trials? That, I guess it's a fair point, but if it's a ritualistic thing, like grinding for really good drops and a strike or something, I think it should last for the whole week. It comes and goes with reset, you know? Do you think the seasonal model used in year two could have been repeated in year three without having to cut down on content? No. They lost Vicarious Visions, they lost High Moon Studios, and Luke Smith said it was really hard on them and not something they could replicate. No, they couldn't do that again. They told us they couldn't. Silent Death. Do you think Bungie introducing something like champion class weapons would help with the mod issues? Basically weapons that are very rare, but could essentially do the work of all three mods. Well, this is one of those ideas that sounds so good until you think about it long term. It's like they just invalidates all weapon types. Like that that'd be the only weapon worth running. 
You see what I'm saying? Then we get all these great weapons. Why would you run those? Just run the champion class weapon. It can do all of the mods. It just literally does them all. I don't think you want to do this. It, it, this flattens out diversity in the dynamics. It doesn't seem like it would, but it, it, it would. Everybody would just run that. Yeah, just throw that on. Yeah, yeah. It does overload, anti-barrier. It does unstoppable. It does it all. It, it this would this swings too hard and ends up flattening stuff out. Forcado, what about having options for all the subclasses in regards to champion mods? Imagine Inferno Whip, but every element class. I I think they're just experimenting. I don't think this is a needed thing right now. They're mainly experimenting with how they could make these things probably available all the time gilded what are your thoughts on instead of the current champion mods being added to specific weapons the mods are instead slotted onto armor pieces somebody had this idea the other day i I don't like this because i think mods in the armor are already creating their own little economic pain point of build and i don't want it to get harder right i don't want to get harder i know you weren't trying to throw off my mojo um i know you weren't trying to throw off my mojo fat kid 89 i just have to safeguard against it if I take the time to push pause on Q&A, have a back and forth with you on your idea, everybody then starts to do that. They start submitting their elaborate ideas to see what I think of their idea that they think is so great. That's not what I want to do with Q&A. So I have to be kind of harsh sometimes, like, yeah, I'm just skipping this question. It's like when people submit joke questions. We have to be really harsh about that because you're not being mean, but a joke question, if I let you do it, then another person does a joke question, another, 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 and then out of 60 questions, I have I have an extra 30 on top, 90 questions now with a bunch of jokes inside. Does that make sense? Uh, Johnny Always. Do you think there's a scope for armor mods that allow your grenade melee to act as unstoppable? I mean, that's already on the artifact. There's, there's already a thing there to do that. McCobra. What about durability on weapons so you can use a certain weapon for so long before you have to grind for another? No, I think sunsetting is a better solution. This sounds horrible. I want to be able to use my weapon for a certain duration. Well, you use it too much. It broke. You got to get another one. I'd rather be like, no, it, it's sunset. You can still use it, but you can't, you can't infuse it anymore. I think that's way better. This sounds like, fr- this is why, this is might be my bias here. This is why I really didn't like dying light. I would finally get a dope weapon, and I hated the fact that they just eventually broke down. It drove me crazy. Stadia Joe. Stadia-based launch today with two free months of pro. Dispute, despite your personal feelings toward the platform, do you see this is a good thing for the Destiny community? Are you sure you don't work for Google? Um, I I don't see this affecting Destiny at all. Uh, Moroi. With Patrol being the most played content, do you think if champions appeared in the public space, it'd have more people thinking about them and add excitement? It's six of one and half a dozen of the other. For every person they'd be like, oh, this is cool. There'd be people like, what the frick is this? Because there's people that probably just don't pay attention to it. There's also free-to-play players who wouldn't even be paying attention to any of the new content. They're just running around. Uh, Darth Jader. What if those special weekly events were better armor rolls? I'm tired of grinding stuff that still drops with rolls in the 50s. Well, you're touching on something we haven't really talked about. It doesn't always, every activity doesn't suddenly be like, tons of exotics are dropping. So you're just sort of like, nightfalls for exotics. Oh, now reckoning for exotics. Oh, now this for exotics. You're touching on something they could do. This week and this week only, really high armor stats are dropping from 
and the next week this week and this week only if you're trying to get the guns from reckoning they're doing double and triple drops from the boss almost 100% drop rate and then you go in there and then you know exotics from nightfalls like I don't think you just need to shuffle the activity you probably should shuffle the rewards as well um infinity is how would you toggle champion mods work on exotics like hard light and symmetry they already toggle for different purpose if you've already answered sorry I missed it I I don't know you you would have to you just have to accept that on those mods when you change it changes it does both I don't know cuckles do you think that adding something like perks that do mods to some weapon pools like a raid weapon where one of the perks isn't rampage but yeah somebody already asked that question earlier not giving once we end the final season this year do you think it would be cool to swap between all four artifacts maybe with some balancing to arc battery um I don't think they're gonna do this homie I mean I because as soon as the season summer season's over we're gonna be into September and they'll probably be doing another one I, I don't think they're gonna do this um, Stadia has a zero entry cost why wouldn't it affect the community argue how it would affect the community you, you're not arguing that it how it would you're just saying that it would how what would it do who right now is not playing on Stadia Destiny on Stadia and suddenly is going to start playing on Stadia because the entry point is free and is that going to do anything for Destiny like I don't know like I just I would need to hear your argumentation as to why you think it's going to affect the community You could make each element on hard light associated with a certain anti-champion mod and symmetries. Yeah, yeah, and symmetries two modes. Yeah, you could do it that way as well. You could say, well, since these guns have mode swapping, you would just assign the mods to those modes. Void for anti-barrier, you know, arc for unstoppable. You know, who cares? It's an it's a it's a it's an exotic. So like it's not like it's going to add this crazy pain point of like, oh, there's an anti-barrier and I have to switch to solar and I really don't want to do that right now. Oh, stop. It's fine. Just hold down X and toggle. Um, since you argue that champions should have cooldowns on abilities, I do argue that. Do you think that there should be a cooldown on our overload barrier unstoppable rounds on more difficult nightfalls? There already is, bro. What do you mean? There already is. You cannot immediately un- uh, stun an unstoppable champion immediately. You can't do it. You have to wait. They have like these little wings around their head and you have to wait until they're not lit up anymore. The same thing with overload. We already have a delay. We have a delay on everything we do. You can only dodge, rift, b- barricade. You got to reload. Your super's on a delay. Everything we do is on a delay. And the enemies are like, teleport, 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 teleport. Hi, how you doing? Teleport, 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 teleport. Get the frick out of here, overload champions. I hate you, captains. Like, there needs to be a cooldown on their abilities, man. It's absurd. It's absurd. Stop it. Stop teleporting. You get one or two, and that's it. (laughs) That's enough. (laughs) We have a delay on our stuff. We have a delay on everything we do. Everything we do has a countdown on it. Rampage, multi-kill clip, our towering barricade. There's always a countdown on something that we're doing to limit our power. And they're like, yeah, you let that guy teleport 18 times in a row. That's fine. That won't be frustrating. Get out of here. 
that's enough questions because I, I somebody just added another one i'm going to end it there listen if you've enjoyed this segment if you enjoy treating me as a podcast and listening and lurking in the background i appreciate you doing that i'm going to keep on streaming keep on discussing uh click the follow button it'll ask you if you want to be notified when i go live just say yes that's a free way to support me following is free and so is turning on that notification you can also follow me on twitter if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com as always please like share and subscribe <laughs>